We're going to feature our youth tonight, all right? Now, I know that there's others there that's got a song in that group, so if not, April has to sing. I'm glad I came to church tonight. Carl, it's good to see you and your wife, Patty. God bless you, too. You're precious, and I uh, just thank God for you. And, uh, you know, it's good to be a Christian. Above everything else, godliness is the greatest gift that you could have in life, to really be godly and to serve God with all that's within you. That's something that we're all called to do. Some of us don't find it until later on in life. I was 27 when I got saved. Some of you were older than that. Some of you were a lot younger. Now, these young people, I don't jump on them because they don't uh, always do everything maybe that they should. Because when I was their age, I wasn't even going to church. You know where I was going, and I shouldn't say this, but when I was my granddaughter Elizabeth's age and my grandson uh, Matthew's age, I was going in the saloons and acting like a man. I wasn't a man, but I was going in acting that way. And I got my brother Willard back there to prove that's true. He ain't going to own up to going in them, but... Yeah, he was only 12. <laughs> I've heard it so many times We just live to die That life's just a vapor it's merely the passing of time But my dear grandma taught me a lesson one day She knew that life was slowly slipping away I gently held her close And I heard her trembling voice in my brand new home she said it won't be long don't worry about me cause I'll never be alone I'll never again wipe the tears from my eyes don't be afraid now to say goodbye Cause this isn't the end I'm just dying to live again That night I laid on my pillow And I cried myself to sleep 
I was wondering when she was gone, how would my life be? I often relive that day, and I'm so glad to find she didn't live all those years just to die. I hear her words once more, saying this is what I've been living for. I still hear her say, I'm dying to live up in my brand new home. She said it won't be long, don't worry about me. Cause I'll never be alone I'll never again wipe the tears from my eyes Don't be afraid now to say goodbye Cause this isn't the end I'm just dying to live again I'll never again wipe the tears from my eyes Don't be afraid now to say goodbye Cause this isn't the end She said, honey, we'll meet again No, this isn't the end I'm just dying to live Again. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. 
For so long I have searched for life's meaning Enslaved by the world and my greed Then the door of my prison was opened by love for the ransom was paid i am free i am free from the fears of tomorrow i am free the past for I have traded my shackles for a glorious crown I am free praise the Lord free I am free from the guilt that I carry, from the tall, empty life I set free. For when I met Jesus, oh, He made me complete. He poor God, the foolish man I used to be. I am free from the fears of tomorrow. I am free from the guilt of the past. For I have traded my shackles for a glorious song. I am free, praise the Lord, well free at last. I am free from the guilt that I carry. From the tall, empty life, I'm set free. For when I, I met Jesus, oh, He made me complete. He forgot the foolish man I used to be. I am free from the fears of tomorrow. I am free from the guilt of the past. For I have traded my shackles for a glorious song. I 
For I have traded my shackles for a glorious song. I am free, praise the Lord, free at last. Seeing someone come to the Lord is the most precious thing to me. And uh, it never gets old. And uh, this song just says it a whole lot better than I could ever explain. I hope you enjoy it. It's called Just One More Soul, and we're just going to wing it. Pray for me. A preacher gets weary And singers get tired some churches we know that they're losing their fire and some are discouraged just from bearing the load but we must determine to keep pressing on cause if just one more soul were to walk down the aisle oh it'd be worth every struggle it'd be worth every mile a lifetime of labor is still it all if it rescues oh just one more soul it could be somebody in your family so preachers keep preaching and singers go sing and laymen keep sharing that Jesus is king cause the angels they're gathered around heaven's throne and they'll start rejoicing for just one more soul oh if just one more soul were to walk down Keep preaching and singers go sing and laymen all oh, keep sharing that Jesus is King. The angels are already gathered all the I believe that they'll start 
rejoicing oh just for one more soul and if just one more soul were to walk down the aisle oh it'd be worth every struggle ministry in that song. Thank you. 
give F to him. They'll be shouting on the hills of glory. Shouting on the hills, yes, shouting on the hills. When they reach the land of which we've heard the story, they'll be shouting on the hills of God. They'll be shouting on the hills of glory, yes, shouting. Oh, they'll be shouting when we reach the land of which we've heard the story. They'll be shouting on the hills of God. Oh, they'll be shouting on the hills of glory. Yes, shouting. Oh, they'll be shouting when we reach the land of which we've heard the story. They'll be shouting on the hills of Oh, yes, they'll be shouting on the hills of glory. Yes, shouting. Oh, they'll be shouting when we reach the land of which we've heard story. They'll be shouting on the hills of God. Oh, they'll be shouting on the hills of glory. Oh, yeah, shouting. Oh, they'll be shouting when we reach the land of which we've heard the story. They'll be shouting on the hills of God. Oh, they'll be shouting on the hills of glory. Shouting, oh, they'll be shouting when we reach the land of which we've heard the story. They'll be shouting on the hills of God. Yes, they'll be shouting on the hills of God. I want to do a little bit. Everybody help me. Through the sunshine and rain, even sorrow and pain, Jesus still is my counselor and guide. And his love comforts me, and by grace I am set free. And someday I shall join them in the sky. Come on, sing. We are blessed. Oh, we are blessed. Up in heaven by and by Brothers and sisters on this earth They are mine by my new birth And someday I will live in the sky Well, we are blessed Yes, we are blessed Every day that we live we are blessed Now when we wake up in the morning when we lay our head to rest we are blessed god's children we are one more time 
chapter of Romans. God is good, ain't he? I just love him tonight and thank him. Come across this about three or four days ago and I got to working on it and the pastor asked me to preach tonight and I thought, this is it. (laughs) I want to speak to you on adoption tonight or the placing as a son or it's also the sonship and respect to God. And if you're born again tonight, you know you've been adopted. You're adopted tonight. And that was always, we all have our favorite little sayings in the Bible that we kind of take to heart. And uh, being adopted was always one of mine because being adopted, it means somebody chose you. And we, we read that Jesus said, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. Amen. So that, that is the being born natural like Cindy. Now, Larry and Cindy just had that baby Friday night. Well, Cindy had it. <laughs> Larry yeah, Larry helped. But that baby, when it, whatever, whatever it was or whatever condition it was in, that was their baby. That's what they had to accept. But when you're adopted, you are chosen You go and say, I want that one right there. I want that one. And that's what God did to you tonight. I want you. And that's how I always looked at that. But, you know, you got to look at this in uh, Romans. I want to start at verse 12 there. It says, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if we live after the flesh, you shall die. But if through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. For as many... As are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. But that verse 15 there, you have received the spirit of adoption. Now you have to remember, Paul is writing to the Romans. It's not uh, America, how we do things in America, but he was writing to the Romans. And you know, saying, when there's wrong, do as a Roman. (laughs) That was what, now the Romans, the adoption part of uh, being a Roman is kind of different from us. In that day and age, it's not quite like it is now. The father was the absolute power of a household. What the father said was law. He was absolute ruler of a household. 
So it was the power of the father in a household. And back then they had all kinds of different situations. And uh, so if, if in order to be adopted, there was certain things that had to take place. Maybe you, was, you had a family and you had a son in your family and things were kind of rough and uh, somebody better off than you wanted to adopt your son. Well, back then it was quite ordinary for you to sell your son into adoption. And it wasn't like it is nowadays. So the, there were certain things that had to be done in order for you to adopt somebody. And the first thing you needed to do was you needed to get seven witnesses. And you had to go to the magistrate. The reason for that was you had to make it legal. And you needed witnesses to make it legal. And so what would happen is the father and the son and the adoptive father would all agree on a price. So they would all come together. There's the magistrate, which makes it legal. There's seven witnesses. There's the birth father, the son, and then there's the adoptive father. And they would agree on a price. So the first thing they would do, the father would sell the son to the adoptive father. And he, in turn, would sell the son back. And then the father would sell the son again. The adoptive father would sell him back. But the third time, when he sold him, he wasn't offered back. He became a son of the adopted father. And all the privileges that went with that. So I learned that, but everything you read like that, there's got to be a spiritual side to it. What, what perked my interest was the seven witnesses. <laughs> seven, that's God's number. That's God's perfect number. And we are, that tells us here, the Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. That's a witness to me tonight. Now, you don't, have, you don't have to say, well, I think. You ever ask somebody, are you saved? Well, I think I am. No. The Spirit of God is witness to you that you know that you are a child of God tonight. I know that. Nobody can talk me out of that. I know I'm a child of God tonight. Why is that? Because the Spirit of God himself lives inside of me and bears witness to me. Hallelujah. That's what it is. That's a, and there's seven of them. Seven witnesses. You'll find that in Isaiah 11. 11. There's a spirit of the Lord, spirit of wisdom, understanding, counsel, might, knowledge, and fear of the Lord. All of these spirits, the seven spirits of God, work within us to let us know who we are. Hallelujah. If you're born again tonight, you've been adopted, and all the privileges of sonship you have tonight. And I'll tell you, I've said, it seems like every time I preach, I tell you, you're living below your standards <laughs> because you have been adopted. Beautiful. Father, son, all that. There's four things that happen. When, you, when this ceremony takes place, four things happen. Number one, the birth father has no more power over you. Number two, the son becomes an heir. Number three, no more past. And number four, you are an absolute son of the adopted father. 
And I'd like to take each one of these. Number one, the birth father has no more power over you. Simply put, the devil has no more power over you. Remember when they come to Jesus? And Jesus said, you are as your father, the devil. You know, people, they, they got this thing going around. International brotherhood, uh, God's children. We're all God's children. No matter who you are, you're, you're a child of God. Well, that's not true. You have to be born into the family to become a son of God. And you are of your father, the devil. Tonight, if you don't know Jesus Christ, guess who your father is? It's the devil. And his will, you will do. You ever notice a little kid? You don't have to teach a kid how to lie. Automatically, they'll go for it, won't they? <laughs> the little girl was riding with her daddy, and the daddy, she said, let's stop and get an ice cream. He said, no, your mommy told me no stopping for any kind of treats or anything. And she said, well, we don't have to tell her. <laughs> you know, we can lie about it. <laughs> that's the nature. And that's what your nature is if you don't know Jesus Christ. But once you meet him, the birth father has no more power. You know the devil don't have no power over you tonight? The only thing he has is what we give him. And he'll come and he'll bluff you. Oh. <laughs> we get so scared of him. Oh. <laughs> Guess what? He, he can roar all he wants to. He don't have any teeth. Jesus kicked his teeth out at Calvary. He did. He said he'll bruise his head and he'll bruise his heel. So that's what happened to him. But see, the Bible says the thief cometh to kill, to steal, and to destroy. He cometh to do that. I don't say he's going to do it. He'll show up and try to do that to you. You have the option. Tell him, you have no power over me. Because I've been adopted and my elder brother will take care of all my battles. So there. You've got to get tough with it. You just can't be, uh, oh, I don't know what to do. You've you got to learn how to be tough. You've got to stand up. And that's, it's a lesson that you have to learn. When the enemy comes in like a roaring lion, just stand up to him. Put on the whole armor of God, especially that helmet of salvation. When you've got that helmet of salvation on you, the devil don't recognize you. He thinks you're Jesus. <laughs> he does. He can't recognize you. He, he recognizes the armor. And see, and it says put on the whole armor of of God. That's God's armor. And when he sees it, only way he can recognize it's you is when you take it off. Then, oh, that ain't God. <laughs> That's Bobby. I can whip him. <laughs> See, you got to keep that on. And he has no power over you. He is an unemployed angel, and he rules on a paper throne, and he rules by bluff. That's all he's got is a bluff. And we all know what you do. Call his bluff. Because you know why? There's nothing that happens to you that God don't know about. Do you ever look at, you got to look, at, that's how I look at things. God knows all about this. When I got problems and things come in my life, I always say, Lord, you know all about this. So if it's happening to me, it's got to be a purpose for it to strengthen me. He's going to teach me something. 
I have to learn something when I go through trials. It's God is in charge. The one that took me as a son, the one that adopted me, he's not going to let my birth father harm me. Because you know what? I said they had to get together and agree on a price. You know what the price was? Carl said it. It's that blood. The wages of sin are death. But the gift of God is eternal life. That price that was set in order for us to be into the family of God was the death on the cross of Jesus. That precious blood. That was the price. And God said, I'll meet that price. Tonight, remember this church, the devil don't have no power over you. Get that down in your system. And know, you know, things are going to happen, but he don't have no power over you. Your birth father has no more power over you. Number two, the son becomes an heir. From the doors of an orphanage <laughs> to the house of a king. Hallelujah. Ain't that beautiful? What God does for us. Look at this. Verse 17. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so that we suffer with him. That we may also be glorified together. We are heirs tonight. You look at the book of Hebrews. You know what it says? Christ is heir of all things. And we're our joint heirs with Christ. So guess what? All things are ours. You know, if, if, a, if a man down here, say he had two sons, and he passed away and he left inheritance to his two sons. Say he left $1,000 to his two sons. Now, how would they divide that up? $500 a piece, right? <laughs> that's how you got to look at it. Well, that's us too. And he, and he gave us $1,000, so you take five and I'll take five. But not so with Christ. We get the whole $1,000. <laughs> Everybody gets 1000 See, he's the heir of all things. And how many Christians are there in the world? How many Christians have existed? John said, I saw a number that no man can number. All of our brothers and sisters from the past, the ones in the future, all. Now, how are you going to divide that all? Everybody's going to get one billionth of them. We get all, everybody gets everything. <laughs> We're an heir. All things that are Christ, he gives to us. You know, the devil will promise you anything, but God will give you all things. Ain't that beautiful? All you got to do is ask. He said, you have not because you ask not. We have a privilege, and it's not on your own lust that you ask for things. You, ask, you go to the Father and ask, and he'll give it to you. Whatsoever you ask in my name, that I'll do for you. Amen. You know why he does that? Because we're heirs. We've been adopted into the family of God. And it's a beautiful family. I'm glad to be a member of it. Ain't you? <laughs> like a Bill Gates or something. You, you notice we call each other brother and sister. Why do we do that? Because we all got the same father. You, you meet them anywhere. That's, you ever been out somewhere and meet a Christian? It's, oh, brother. 
And really, you know, that's, we call each other that. That's good if you've got a bad memory. You meet somebody, you don't know their name. You go, hey, how you doing, brother? <laughs> hey, sister. Then you, then you go say, who is that over there? <laughs> but we're brothers and sisters because we're all heirs together. Praise God. And number three, no more past. I love that. No more past. Who the Son sets free is free indeed. I guess, you know, everybody's not done wicked things according to the flesh. Some people just been, even if you're born and was brought to church your whole life, you still need to be saved. You need to be born again. And some of us has gotten out into the world and gotten in sin and things we got into. I, I thank God tonight that my past was wiped clean. Hallelujah. I tell you, you don't, you don't know what that means if, until you've been there knowing that all is forgiven. Ain't that beautiful? How, how loving God is. All of our transgressions, I forgive you. Ain't that the sweetest words you ever heard? I forgive you. We are to forgive one another. You know, we want God to forgive us. But we see somebody does something to us, then, oh, that's quite different. But if you don't forgive your brother, God is not going to forgive you. But no more past. That, that to me... That is so beautiful. No more. You know, if any, anyone be in Christ, he's a new creation. Behold, all things are past. Behold, all things are new. And when we come to God, he don't remember all the, it's all been taken care of. He removed as far as the east from the west. And that's see or forget. And the only one that brings that up if you go back up to number one, is your birth father. He'll bring that up to you. We've all fought that battle. Well, I'm not worthy. You know what? That, sometimes that's a lazy answer. <laughs> well, I'm just not worthy to do that, so I'm not going to do that. <laughs> you are worthy. You should never say that, I'm not worthy. You know, I, I, there's, there's, a part, there's a humble part to it. But just to say that like, well, I'm not worthy. It's, you are worthy tonight because you were purchased. God died for you. He purchased you. We're a bought with a price. Hallelujah. That precious blood of Jesus tonight, that purchased you. And this word equips you to do things for him. So don't ever say, I'm not worthy to do that. You are worthy. Hallelujah. So, so do it. Whatever it is you're going to do, you know, Jesus told, uh, well, I ain't going to go there. <laughs> but whatever it is you're going to do, do it for him. Amen? No more pass. Who the Son sets free. You're free tonight. Hallelujah. And number four, absolute son of the adopted father. Absolute son. You know what that means to me? You ever meet somebody and they say, Oh, this is my son. I adopted him. <laughs> you never hear that. God said, this is my son. 
not the son that I adopted, but this is my son. See, that, that we're absolutely sons. Can't take that away from you. Galatians 4, 5 says, to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because you are sons, God has set forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. There's that word again, Abba. You know, the, the best definition of that, they kind of break it down. And, but you know what that means? It means Daddy. Our Heavenly Father. We don't say that because it, it sounds disrespectful, don't it? But he is. I heard a guy, a preacher one time, was talking about when he's in New York and he was on the subway and he saw the, a Jewish man sitting there. You know, they, they got the beards with a little curly, had a little baby with him. And he was sitting there on the subway and he was standing up and he was watching him. And that little baby was playing with his father's beard. And that little baby was going, Abba, Abba. He's calling him Daddy. We have that privilege of going to our Heavenly Father and just laying our hands up like that and saying, Abba, Father. See, He likes that. He's an intimate God. Who was that? Somebody tonight's talking about the intimacy of God. That's what He wants. That's what I want. God's not far away. He is nigh us, even in our mouth. We speak His name, Jesus. And He's right there on the scene. Don't you just love to make love to God? Did you ever do that? Get, get in your secret prayer closet and just tell him how much you love him. Tell him, oh, Jesus, I love you. Nobody around, so you don't have to put a pretense on. Just you and him. Jesus, I love you. I thank you, Jesus. You know, Lord, sometimes I complain a lot. but Forgive me for that, Lord. I just love you. I'm completely satisfied with you, Lord. Hallelujah. Are you satisfied with Jesus tonight? You know, John's disciples came to him, said, are you the one or should we look for another? If you know Jesus Christ, you need not look for another. He's the only one. There's only one Jesus. And tonight he's here. He's in our midst. Not him physically. He's at the right hand of the Father. But his precious spirit is here. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, the buying and selling of the adoptive son, I believe that the first one was God the Father. Now, I'm using myself here growing up. I, I didn't know anything about God or anything, but I knew there was a God. I mean, nobody never did come to me and set me down and say, there's a God. <laughs> I heard God and I figured. You know why? Because... The heavens declare his glory. I see him everywhere. His handiwork. Only a fool could see all that and say there is no God. That's what the Bible says. The fool has said there is no God. When I looked around, that was the first encounter with him. When he said, I realize there is a God. But it takes more than that. There's lost and dying people that admit that there is a God. But it took the second one, the buying and selling of me. It took the Holy Spirit to speak to my heart and let me know this is real. 
you can know God. Oh, I, I can know him? This God that you see, to feel and know his presence, you can know him. That's the Holy Ghost telling me that. Oh, I want to know this God. Became real to me. See, we're dead in trespasses and sins, but the Spirit quickens. Quickens you. Makes you alive. Let you know, hey, this God is real. So that's a buying and selling of the second time. Third time is the Son, Jesus himself. When he purchased you, the devil can't buy you back. <laughs> Hallelujah. Paid in full. I no longer belong to that world. I belong to this one. Hallelujah. All because of what took place on Calvary. Hallelujah. I am a son tonight. All you women, you are sons tonight. Did you realize that? Hallelujah. Hey, if I can be a bride, you can be a son. <laughs> Amen. That's what he does. Look at verse 15. This is so beautiful. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry. We cry. You ever cried? I ain't talking boo-hoo. <laughs> I'm talking cry. I looked that word up there. This is so amazing. The word cry there, or call. We call Abba Father. You know what that word, I looked it up in the Greek. You know what that means? It says, as a raven. Do you ever hear a raven call out? There's no pretense to him. He's calling. That's what God wants us to do. In other words, when we go to him, we, oh, that's what he wants. Call. Call to him. To call aloud, we cry that out. It's the same word as when Jesus rode into the city and they told him, tell your disciples to stop this. And he said, if, you, if they hold their peace, the very stones would cry out. That's the same word. We cry, Abba, Father. That's what the stones would be crying, crying out. Ain't that amazing? You know what happened at the resurrection? The Bible says that the stones were burst. <laughs> oh, them stones couldn't even contain the glory of that. They burst open. I believe they was trying to cry out. That's what God wants from us. Cry out. Not with embarrassment. You know, the Lord showed me this. You remember Peter when they was on the boat and Jesus came walking? They said, oh, it's the Spirit... And Peter said, Lord, if it be you, bid me to come to you. And Jesus said, come. Peter, the one that gets criticized so much, he's the only one of them disciples that walked on the water. <laughs> he got out of that boat and started walking on the water. Then he looked around at the, the waves and the wind, and he began to sink. Now, you think Peter was embarrassed when he cried out, Jesus, save me? <laughs> oh, that's how we get sometime. Oh, I don't want to do that. That's, people might say something about me. What if Peter would have said, you know, I know them other disciples, especially John. He's going to make fun of me. 
That didn't happen, did it? He said, save me, Lord. No pretense to it. And that's how you get something from God. You have to get serious with him. Years and years and years going on and on and on, trying to get something from God. And all the time not knowing that all I had to do was get real with him, get serious with him, and cry out to him. Look at the uh, 34th Psalm. Psalm 34, verse 15. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ears are open unto their cry. There's another place in the Bible where it says he's inclined. That means he's like this. Is that my child down there hollering for me? You know, Brother Mark Ekman said something yesterday at the picnic. I just, well, let me know that this was the right thing God wanted me to preach tonight. Mark said, do you ever notice at a picnic all those kids hollering and going on and everything? But when one of yours cries out, you know who it is. Did you ever notice that? You can have a hundred kids out there and one of them will cry. That mother will hear it. That's how God does us. He hears us when we cry. Hallelujah. When I, I, that's the confidence I have in him tonight. That when I cry out to him, he hears me. Hallelujah. It's not like, well... I, I don't know if he hears me. He hears you. He hears you, church. He knows you. He knows what you're going to ask before you even asked. Remember Dan Livingston said a woman come to his church down there and she said, the Lord, the Lord don't listen to me no more. He said, he don't even hear me when I pray. And he said, he don't hear you? And she said, no. He said, I want you to start cussing right now. Just start cussing. She said, well, I can't do that. He said, why not? She said, well, the Lord will hear me. <laughs> he hears you. We go back to that number one again. That's your birth father telling you he don't hear you. That's a lie. He's a liar. Hallelujah. God hears you tonight. Look at that. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth and delivered them out of all their troubles. The Lord is nigh unto them that are as a broken heart and saveth such of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of some of them. Is that what it says? Oh, <laughs> out of them all. God is not going to leave you stranded somewhere. Tonight, if you, if you had an arrow, you ever see a movie or something where they, they tie a message to an arrow? And they, and if you wanted to send a message and you, you was really in distress, you take the bow and arrow and you put the arrow in there and you go, <laughs> full strength, you've got to pull it all the way back. That's how you cry out to God with all your strength. Cry out to him. I've written down some, a lot of psalms. Now, these are all from psalms. Just listen to this. Oh, my God, I cry in the daytime. 
At noon will I pray and cry aloud. We got this one on the sign out there. In my distress I cry to the Lord. Unto thee have I cried, O Lord. Out of the depths have I cried. Unto thee will I cry, O Lord, my rock. My cry came before him even to his ears. Our Father crieth unto thee and were delivered. The righteous cry and the Lord heareth. God hears you tonight. Now that's all I have. I'm going to close. Now if you all want to stand, musicians come. And if you have a need tonight, guess what? God will hear you. I guarantee that he'll hear you. He hears me when I cry out to him. But you know why? God loves me. You know, there, there in the Bible it says, uh, Esau have I hated, but Jacob I have loved. And people ask me, why did he hate Esau? And I always say, why did he love Jacob? I can understand him hating Esau, but why in the world would he love Jacob? God is love. Why did God see fit to save me? I'll never know that. Remember I started off talking about, he said, you have not chosen me, I've chosen you. And tonight, if you're here and you have been chosen, you are one of the most fortunate people in this world. Because... You are in a family that's going to live forever. Hallelujah. You know, we, like all families, we have our little disputes and quarrels. And, you know, I, I don't agree with that brother there. He thinks this way. And I've, that's why we got all these di different denominations. I think there's about seven or eight churches on this two-mile strip here. But God adopted them all. <laughs> Amen. We're all one big family. And we, we, when we get to glory, there's only going to be one church there. It's not going to be Pentecostals or Baptists. Or, it's going to be the church of Christ, the one he bought with his blood. So tonight, if you have any need tonight, I want you to have the confidence to know that God hears you. So let the Holy Spirit lead you tonight. Whatever the need is, you come. And there'll be somebody here to help you cry out to him. We're part of a family that's been born again. We're part of a family whose love knows no end. Jesus has saved us and made us his own. Now we're part of a family that's on its way home. And sometimes we laugh together. Sometimes we share
brother meet sorrow we all share his grief when he's passed through the valley we all feel relief together Cry. 